Viva uh, la France! We're going to have a, a, a French episode for you. You know, I really, really enjoy a cigarette and some French toast um, with a cup of co- a café, um, as I would say. But that's about as French as I, okay. as I get. Um, I, I don't know if I have any in my family tree or, or not. I would have to look into that. Frenchman? Yeah. I'm sure you don't. I'm sure I don't. Well, you're, you sit straight. I mean, you're upright there in that chair. Right. But I do you want a, a cigarette. I do want a cigarette. And sometimes you know, I like to wear scarves. There's a lot of cigarettes and scarves in this movie. You know, the French The French historically have gotten kind of a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this episode is going to help turn that around. Oh, yeah? And because we're talking about French movie. And, we and, are. And you really like this movie. I do. I love this movie, actually. It's called Raw. It's from 2016. And today we're covering it on well-adjusted horror. But I want to prime people. Like, I want them... Because I think a lot of people don't understand, like, French culture. No, I... I and I think a lot of people... Well, well you know... The, the, well, you, you educate me. I don't, I don't know a lot about French culture. I'll be honest. I, I like baguettes. You know, and uh, croissants. I love baguettes. Yeah. Croissants are great, too. But I, I put together a Q&A about French culture here. Okay, go. Yeah. Just, just before we get into the movie, I just felt like, you know, we want to, I just, I think it's a mistake to watch a movie from another culture without knowing a little bit about the culture, because you're not going to get the references. No, I guess not. Yeah. No. And, and all cultures are a little different, right? Even, you know, America and, and European cultures are remarkably similar in a lot of our values and concerns. Each cigarette has a separate meaning in this film, so... <laughs> You know, it's going to be important going in knowing some cultural references. So, all right. So here's a Q and A. Um, just stuff about France. No particular order, compiled off the internet. Um, how do you confuse a French soldier? I don't know how. You give him a rifle and ask him to shoot it. That's a terrible one. Go on. Hang on. <laughs> He's already laughing. What's the difference between a Frenchman? bucket of crap i don't know what the bucket <laughs> you know i like french bulldogs too um hang on I, nice. i've got some more um again jonathan brings the dad jokes continue what is the difference between american fries freedom fries and french fries i don't know courage that's right. I said it. Defend your own country. Oh, my Once God. Once Napoleon. Oh, my. We'll talk when you're done. You sound so old. Here's one. <laughs> With your hatred hey, of France. my dad got run over on an airbase in England during his service during in World War II, partially to defend France. Yeah. La France. Vive la France. Yeah. Again, I love their cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Some of their literature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why does the French Navy suck? I don't know why. Cardboard doesn't float. I don't get that one. I, that, that makes <laughs> that, no sense. That one was that, a little loose. That's just saying like French people are dumb, which is just, I mean, you can, you can say anybody is dumb. I don't, I don't like, yeah, that's a yeah, sixth that, grade that, joke. Okay. That was admittedly weak, but it I was did, weak. I did pull these from the internet. That was weak. Although one of my favorites is from the one from Stand By Me. What's that one? Remind me. The, what is it? It's how do you know a Frenchman has been in your backyard? How? Your garbage cans are empty and your dog's pregnant. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's a World War II. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. A lot of the a lot of those silly jokes were, of course, like coined Mm -hmm. when you know GIs were over there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Save those poor people. I'm sure. (laughs) Risking Um, their lives. 
They did. You know, as we covered on um, previous episodes, um, they're known as the silent generation, not the greatest generation, which is just sort of kind of sad. Um, but all, all shit posting aside. Yeah. Love the French. They just, you know, they're, they've been on a, what, like a weeks long protest over the increase of their retirement age. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. The, the the government's been trying to raise their retirement age for quite some time. And I think they just raised it by two years, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Just despite the widespread opposition in the public. And so the French do what they do when their politicians start talking about something they don't like. And they left work. Yeah. They all went out into the street. Mm-hmm. And they set shit on fire. Viva la France! Viva la France! Oh, la revolution! Oh, man, I need a cigarette. Um, Can you imagine... If the government announced here in the United States of America that they're raising the retirement age, and they talk about this from time to time. Yeah. God, what is it here? It's like 67. It's it's like, just die. Just die because we'll... But again, it's we gonna don't... It's going to be 80. We don't get or, mad yeah. because no one here expects to ever retire. Well... But again, the thing about French... The, what, what I see in French culture when I'm not making fun of them is that these are obviously a people who work to live versus living to work. Yeah. Yeah, And if you work that. to live... Yeah. You work as little as possible to have as nice of a life as possible, right? Yeah, I feel like the French like to lounge around a lot. Um, I'm just okay with you that. Know, they take naps. I, I can respect that. Um, I mean, you know, I in my professional life, I'm 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 like just it's tech, so it's like tech people, mm-hmm. and they're all like work harder, take drugs so you can code longer. Yeah, take here. Here's some Adderall so you can get some more work done. You know, just do everything you can to put, just misshape yourself into some fucking inhuman monster bent over a keyboard for the rest of your life, so that you can make a lot of money, so that you can dot 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 what dot start what's gonna happen. Start a hey. become a venture capitalist so that you can invest in more software. I, I, what are you doing? I don't know, but this is the feel good horror podcast of the decade. So I'm that glad- isn't that is not a mistake the French would ever make, right? So I th- so we've set this we've set the stage. They're going to fight for their 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 freedoms and their rights. They always have. They're going to fight for their right to sit around. They're going to need our help. They're going to need the Brits' helps. Drink wines, smoke cigarettes, mm-hmm. eat baguettes, and have their weird sex. Yeah, and they they make awesome films. In film, do we what? Okay, well, we can talk about that. Yeah. What what awesome films are you thinking of specifically? Well, I've got a I've I got mean, a we're few about, here. Okay. Um, I've got a few here, and this falls under that category. I was going to bring it up at the end of the podcast, but I'll go ahead and bring it up well, now. No, we're setting the stage, man. Well, yeah, it's called New French Extremity. Um, That's what they needed some more extremities, which is a is some a more nude extremities, <laughs> unshaven nude extremities. It's a it's a movement in horror. Um, of course, started by the by La France, and um, there are a few movies that are examples of this. But you need a strong stomach to watch these films. Um, when I was looking for new French extremity, I typed in new French gore wave because I had heard it called that before neo neo gore wave or some something similar. It is very gory. Um, some of the some examples of these films are Revenge, Raw, the film we're covering now. Inside from uh, the early 2000s, which um, is directed by the directors who did The Deep House, which I just watched. Um, 
very effective. Inside is nuts. Also, Martyrs, which I told you is very has a very Lovecraftian ending. And I've heard about that one, but I haven't watched. Really it. intense, man. It these are kind of hard to watch. Also, Titan or Titan, which I talked about um, a couple episodes ago. So um, that got me excited about um, this director, um, Julio du. Julia Ducournel. Um, I'm a season pass holder on her because of this film and, <clears throat> excuse me, Titan. So we picked this film. Jonathan was gracious enough to let me pick another one, which is two in a row. Yeah, I know. I I'm saving like up these credits, though, for something really special. Lee. Oh, great. I thought we did the real special one with Basket. Have Hates. you heard of Troma? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to make not gonna do that. Not going to okay. make you do that. We're not doing Tromo. I'm not going to make you do that mostly because I don't want people to know that I like it. I know. So we're going to do what we mostly do on this uh, episode and I'm going to try to pronounce these names correctly, but I'm I'm just going to use the characters names throughout most of the episode because it's way easier to pronounce. So, um this film again came out in 2016. Uh it stars Garance Malier. Uh, as Justine, our protagonist, and Ella Ronf as Alexia, her sister. We also have a guy by the name of Rabah Nait Ophela, or Afuella, I don't know, and he is Adrian, the... Uh, the gay roommate. The roommate, yeah. yeah. Um, well, not gay. Well, maybe. Yeah, well, 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 he says, well, I'm gay, I'm fucking gay, you know, like fucking gay. So, but, I just, yeah. but I don't think you can but, put, I don't think you can put the emphasis on it if you have we'll sex talk, with women. Well, we'll talk about that. Uh, I'm not, that's I'm not, an interesting I'm not telling, scene. I'm not telling anybody they're doing gay wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm just, my understanding of the definition is. We'll talk about that later on in the, in the episode when we get to that scene. Um, the film takes place with a car accident or the film starts, sorry, takes place. The film starts with a car accident. Which is a really strange setup because it's a girl running out in the middle of the road and then someone swerving to miss her and hitting a tree. It's a fantastic, provocative opening. Yeah. It if only the rest of the movie had... <sighs> Go ahead. And um, it's going to be one of those episodes. Great. Um, and, uh, and then the girl who, uh, who caused the accident stands up and then we, we cut to um, basically the, the rest of the film. And it starts with two parents taking their daughter to a vet school, but it's like a college. Um, and yeah, but I got to ask you, yeah, do you think it's because I, again, I've never been to France, so I can't say for sure. Um, do French people really never smile? Because one of the criticisms right. I've heard of like Americans being abroad is they think we grin like idiots. We something. smile too much. How's that? What? It's we, a social, what does that mean? It's we a smile social too thing. much. Think about it. I, Put other people at ease? No, I agree. So that we know they're not going to try to eat us like the dirty Frenchman in this movie? No, I agree, actually. I think we do smile too much. I hate putting on a fake face for people. It's stupid. So I, I agree know. with the Frenchman. Okay, fine. Um, fine, take your cigarettes. Sorry. <laughs> and your baguette. Uh, I wish I didn't have to fake happiness as much as I, as I do. That's really what I'm trying Actually, to say. I bring that up for a serious point, though, that I want to make about the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure if I'm right, but I was trying to figure out why it was so difficult for me to appreciate the movie while I was watching it until the very end. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about the end. Yeah, that end's awesome. You love a switchy mm. ending. Mm. Love it. And I yeah, love it good. under certain circumstances. I'm honestly surprised this isn't A24, you know. Uh, uh, no, I'm not. 
You're not? No. Okay, cool. Because here's the thing, like, our favorite switchy ending is St. Maud. Yeah, it is. Because in terms of it's just efficiency and beauty yeah. and just, oh, go watch St. Maud. Yeah, please do. If you haven't seen us on Twitter <laughs> enough but, but, with St. Maud, go watch St. Maud. <laughs> but the way that that flip turns that whole movie around, mm-hmm. I still enjoyed the movie up to that point. Yeah. And for Raw, my main criticism is is that I wasn't able to enjoy it as a movie. Right. Until the very end. Mm -hmm. And even then, my enjoyment of it was limited because I felt, well, rather than saying that, let me say this. The problem I had, I think, the, the, the big objection, the big block that I had, wasn't even a conscious objection, to appreciating it until the end was the tone. You and your tone shit, man. Look. This you 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 like a specific tone. No, I, think. I like a consistent tone. Yeah, and I, and I don't want the tone to try and trick me. I don't think I this don't, tone was. Mm, I don't think this was tricky. Here's why I say that though. Mm-hmm. Not to get too much into it because yeah. we got to talk about specifics. But yeah, the tone of this movie is serious. Mm-hmm. The tone of this movie is dramatic. Yeah, it's got a fantastic score. Mm-hmm. It is beautifully shot. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, oh yeah. And then you get to the end. And it's a goddamn gimmick. I don't think I, it's a gimmick with no depth or pathos. I, it's it's a gimmick, and gimmicks are again. look look. I'm the guy who was praising Basket Case, so I feel like I, I, I got to reconcile. I know this. you are, yeah. But but Basket Case never deludes you for a second about what you're watching. That's true. I think, and again, I re, you know I re, I kind of remember saying this a couple of episodes ago. You're a child of the '80s. You like you like a specific. You like your tones. To know exactly what they are. I just, no, I'm not sure that's fair because I, this objection is actually more from literature, I think, from movies. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. If this movie had been a short story, a horror short story of the kind that you might have seen in the 80s yeah. when there were still magazines that published them. I, I miss them. Ugh. I miss them so much. Ugh. But if this had been a short story, right, mm-hmm. it would have been 20 pages long. Mm-hmm. It would have taken me 15 minutes to read, mm-hmm. maybe 25. And I probably would have read it again. Yeah, because of that ending. Because of that ending. Yeah. And that would have been a fine commitment mm-hmm. for what's essentially a rhetorical trick on screen. <sighs> okay. I and I and I hear what you're saying and I get what you're saying. But this movie is so well made technically. Yeah. And the tone of it is like serious and 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 dramatic in the in the beginning. Right. Um and I also should Throw in a caveat that maybe I'm missing it because French culture is different. Well, it's also this director's style, I think. But that's not. She's. Mm, that's not. No, that's not a style. No. Misleading people on purpose isn't a style. No, I don't. I think. I think. I don't know because I'm not that. You know, I'm not that smart. But I think it's something to do with your. You've seen so many fucking horror films. That's you're, a fair point. You're expecting it to go this way, and she makes it go way either farther or way in the in the opposite direction. So I haven't seen her other movies, but even in the case of Raw, I don't mm-hmm. think that's true because it, it's well, it goes farther for me in a lot of points. It goes real far. Like I how just, I don't care about the people in this movie. Oh, I do. I love. Really, I you, love you, Justine. I love Justine. You, you were yeah. attached to her. Like I you, was. You were I invested. She's so fucking weird. Like I, I think I just think she's so she's awesome. But she's going through some shit, you know that coming of age stories do. And you're gonna hate one argument I make about this film. You're <laughs> really gonna hate this. 
but one of the one of the reasons I'm I mean like it goes further than you would expect or you've seen or further than you almost even want it to is the food is fucking gross in this movie. Like every little remember the first scene Everything is gross in this movie, Levi. Right, I know. The food is gross. I know. The sex is the gross. People are gross. The relationship is yeah. gross. Yeah. The, 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 everything's gross. The, the school is gross. The, the rooms gross. are gross. The beds are gross. The yes. floor is gross. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So you get a point, a part of it. You get a part of it. So let's see if we can carry. Well, I want to describe some of this film for the, for the listeners because I know some of our listeners are too lazy to actually watch the movie. So we're talking to you, Lindsay. Yeah, and so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sell them and. And my, my friend Adam, he likes to listen to our review, and then that will make him either decide if he's going to watch the movie. Oh, that's terrible. I like that's that. Terrible. I used to do that. He listens to us? I used to do that. Yeah. That's I, I'm, I'm just saying. He loves us. <laughs> <laughs> and, I don't, I, and I totally understand why. Um, Thanks, Adam. So her sister's already at... Let's get back to it. Okay. So her sister's already at this vet school, which, again, is so fucking bizarre and extreme and filthy and run down. It's nasty. It's drippy. It's nasty. Um, and her name is Alexia and she is like a couple of years older than Justine. And of course there's a really interesting sister dynamic at play here, which I think makes the film really, really awesome and, and layered. Um, but she also has a roommate and that's Adrian and he, and he's like the first thing he like says, the way you say that. I'm gay. Well, I, I took French in high school and I, and I, and I like I like the French language. But, I really do. But to be clear, the reason mm-hmm. he says that to her is cause she was, she was giving that eye a little bit. Well, she was, she was concerned why she had a, a male roommate is really what it was. You know, she, so she goes, I didn't know it was co-ed and he's like, I'm gay. I'm fucking gay. Like, do the French so, still care about that? Yeah, I get, well, when, when you're, 18 or however oh, no, old she is. No, I, but I think that tracks with what I've read is that the the um, all judgments aside, the gender things happening in the United States haven't transferred to Europe in the way that oh, some other American, yeah, some other like American ideas have. Yeah, I get that. Um, so the hazing, the the lower cl- cl- classmen, the rookies, they call them, which Justine and Adrian are. Um, Get hazed by the uh, the upperclassmen. One of them is, of course, Alexia Justine's who sister. does not pick her up. No, she doesn't. She's pick supposed her up. to pick her up and like usher her into school. Yeah, she's too busy like hanging out with her friends and shit. Like, like Alexia has this like I'm kind of too cool for you, but I'm gonna take you under my wing thing. That like I think a sister dynamic is. I know it's that way with like brothers. Yeah, um, but and, to not pick her up. Yeah, like <laughs> I know her parents just dropped her just off too. Her like, parents- so just like get out. Yeah. Um they have to crawl to this underground like parking garage where a rave is happening, which is so fucking French. Like, but you know, I kind of, you know, I think Americans are a little too uptight to have raves like they do in Europe, but well, and they don't have uh, there's no such thing as moderation here. So that was the first all night. That was the f- that was the first moment where I I thought this is gross. Like not even uh-huh. run yeah. down, but you know, when I watch like raves on HBO series, yeah, like everybody's all like lotioned yeah, yeah. and sequined and sparkly yeah. and yeah. young. Yeah. And this is lit. Nobody's going to give you chlamydia is, yeah. at, a, at, at an HBO rave. This is lit very harshly. Everyone's in their ragtag, like sleepwear and they're all and their body over hair. each other. Yeah. And there's just sweat everywhere. Like, Apparently, the director went to some of the extras 
and told them certain ways to dance and and like it's all very coordinated. Apparently. Okay, so we're continuing our celebration of disgust. Um, the it's it's a hypersexual scene, which no, is... no, it isn't. There is absolutely nothing sexual in this movie, especially the scenes in which people are having sex. I disagree. I. Jonathan, God, age yourself so much right now. No, no. I love you. No, I'm not crawling into bed with anybody I think is going to give me a disease or make me need to shower other than the obvious bits. I think, well, for for these young people, they're so... They're so hypersexualized because the opposite sex is constantly around them. It, but it's not sexual. But I, but I, I see mean, it as the, the 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 like putting your tongue in somebody else's gross mouth or licking someone's eyeball, yeah, like it, they it, show it, in this. Yeah, film. it's not it's not sexual just because they're young and half naked. Well, it I, sh- but this is this is actually my thing. It should be. No, but they managed to make it gross. Well, I think you think it's gross because it's French. Well, we still I, haven't established I'm not the difference you. I'm between not, those two. Oh my god, I'm not. Atta- <laughs> that's a good one. That was a good one, John. All right, go on. Go on. Thank, um, thank you. Levi. That's where she finds. That's where she finds her sister, and they hug, and like you can tell they're really close. But you know, of course, she didn't even come pick her up. So um, the next day, they uh, dump blood all over the rookies and make them eat a rabbit kidney, which is a problem because She's a Justine is a vegetarian. First um, of all, there are no vegetarians in France. That's a ridiculous oh, yes, notion. They it's are. A ridiculous notion. Oh, yes. They I'm are. sorry, but with their look, the one thing the French have mm-hmm. is their food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. Nobody. Yeah. I don't care how much somebody else dislikes their country for whatever reason. Nobody can say anything about their culinary history, that tradition, like the richness of it. Yeah, they they worship it, dude. But you're like, telling it's... me that they allow people to be vegetarians without ejecting them from the country? I'm sure they make their vegetables so fucking buttery and garlicky and Frenchy that it, it, it you know, I'm sure they do a good damn job. Because, again, they're culinary worshipers over there. So I'm sure being a vegetarian over there is probably easier than it is here. Well, sure. That I, okay, so that's probably true. Mm-hmm. That sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, thank you. I hate to, I hate to admit I that. You make an argument. I know. I love it. This is why we right. don't talk before we record. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Which tell is tell me more about French vegetarians. All right. All right. Um, their armpit hair. <laughs> so our protagonist gets this. Justine gets this nasty rash from eating this raw meat that she's never apparently consumed before. She's never consumed meat before. Yeah. Her mom won't let her. Her parents won't let her. But let's keep that in mind. So, yeah, and then she gets caught stealing a burger patty, which is so gross. Like, this burger patty looks like Mina High School Salisbury steak, and it's just covered in, like, this brown That's an excellent comparison. Thank you. And then she puts it in her pocket, and it's just, like, dripping all in her... Like, it's so gross. I know, and she's standing there like a two-year-old trying to steal candy from a candy store. (laughs) Like, you can't see me holding this candy. (laughs) That's so true. You can't see me. (laughs) She's so There's weird. There's nothing dripping onto the floor from my coat. That's why I love her, dude. She's so weird. Um, but then she develops a taste for meat. And that's what we start to discover and why she stole that. <laughs> so many things I wanted to say when you said that. And I didn't I know, say any I of them. Thank you. I didn't say any of Thank them, you. Levi. Thank you. Keep the dad jokes at bay here. You had enough at the beginning. None of those were dad jokes. <laughs> she, start, she particularly likes raw meat. And... Um, she chews on her hair nervously. 
which is disgusting. When she's in the scene with the professor who's like, you're too damn smart, and I don't like someone who's too damn smart. That was a fascinating thing to say to a new student. Yeah, it's awesome. You seem really Uh, competent. I hate you. (laughs) I hate you, yeah. He's one of my favorite characters in the film. I thought it was going to be like some sort of sexual harassment. Right, no. Just because he was such a creepy old dude. Yeah. But no, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even like... You can sleep with me for a good grade. It was like, I'm. you seem intelligent, and I just want to let you know. You're making my job harder. <laughs> I'm going to make this hard for you. I don't like you. It's awesome. And so she chews on her hair nervously in that scene, and then the next scene is her pulling out this like six-foot-long hairball. Yeah, we can talk about that. And th- that's, again, that's where it goes further than you think it's going to go, and this is like her style. To what, though? To... to I don't know. And you're right. So we can bring up the Stephen King quote again, where he's like, I'll gross you out. It's the last thing. Dude, I made a note about that. Yeah, I know you did. We are so in sync. We are just I know. I know, bro. (laughs) No. Yeah, but no. Do the whole quote, though. Do the whole quote. If I can't terrify you, I'll horrify you. And if I can't horrify you, I'll gross you the fuck out. I think there was another step. No. No, I recognize terror is like the highest or finest or something like that. And if I can't terrify you, yes, I'll horrify you. Yeah. Can't horrify I, you, I'll scare you. Something if I can't like that. Yeah, scare you, then, then I'll, I'll go for the out. gross out. Yeah, yeah. And to me, though, but, but this I, film I'm so, just embraces that. No, but listen, I'm so glad, glad you brought that up mm-hmm. because that was King saying that's the lowest effect a horror movie or story can have. Okay, so that's the you, least. You might be right. That's the cheapest, least thing the genre can do. Okay, you might, and and, and obviously. I'm fine with that from some of my movie choices, right? Right. But this movie, from 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 every other tonal thing that it does and production quality thing that it does, the quality of the actors involved even, says that it's going to do something more, that it's primarily going to do something more, and still it chooses to roll around on the gross-out well, level. Well, because, listen, so this is my take on that. He wrote that in like 1985. So Stephen ding, 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 ding. Stephen King's Stephen King writes that forty years ago, and it gets in and it gets in the zeitgeist. I think I think he's right. I think he's absolutely right. And the reason I think he's right is because it's in the zeitgeist that that the, the gross out is cheap. Everybody thinks that these days. True. You know. So what does the director do? She goes full throttle into it. Yeah. So Sorry, I, I just raised my voice. No, really. I can. I can. <laughs> so I can back in your mic up, son. You're yeah. hot. Um, <laughs> No, and I can I, I can appreciate the F you balls out nature of that. Mm-hmm. I really can for a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, but again, but she doesn't really. Yeah. She doesn't fully commit to the gross stuff, even though the movie is gross and she goes out of the way to make it gross, the movie is still reaching to be something more. It's next level gore, and I don't like gore, but I feel that it serves the narrative of this film so well and makes me think differently about how she uses it in the film. That's why I like the movie, I think. But, you know, we'll talk about, we can talk about the Brazilian wax scene too, which is just fucking graphic as hell. Again, show me young naked women and then make me hate the fact that I have a penis. (laughs) I would have said that was remarkably difficult to do before I watched this movie. Well, But this movie, any scene where there's any sort of, if that, nudity or sexual context, right. I I regret being a sexual being. I regret <laughs> Levi. I regret being human when I watch this movie. <laughs> you can tell who the '80s boy is. That's for sure. Um, so the wax gets stuck. Her sister, you know, maybe a little unintelligently, grabs a pair of scissors to cut the wax off. 
Justine doesn't like that. She kicks her sis- oh, why, sister in I the sister. I can't sis- imagine why she wouldn't want a pair of scissors in the hands of her emotionally unstable sister near her genitals. Right. That's right. unreasonable. It's not. And that's why she kicks her. And when she does, the scissors cut her finger off and Justine passes out. And, or not Justine, Alexia passes out. And, and whatever movie you thought you were watching before, right, right. ladies and gentlemen, yeah. you're about to find out the movie you were really watching. Justine it wasn't that. Justine picks up the finger and and she eats it. <laughs> and then her sister catches her. I'm sorry, I gotta I gotta stop you. Yeah. Dear listener, I know many of you haven't watched this movie. And this scene I feel like can only be for you since you haven't seen the movie only fully enjoyed in my dulcet tones so here you go i want you to imagine a waifish pale big big eyed attractive french girl staring at her sister's severed finger there's blood mm-hmm. but but it's not it's not horror that you see in her face and it's not it's not disgust that you see on her face no 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 ladies and gentlemen these people are french <laughs> She looks at it the way she looks at it the way you may have looked at your first lover when they disrobed in front of you, which is to say, with enticement, but yes. also, but also concern. I'm glad you got that. Also, self consciousness. I'm glad you got all this. Also, yes. some withholding. Can I give myself permission to to enjoy this this bon mot that has been placed in front of me, dude? I I you just described like why I love this film, like. Like, I only think you're making our listeners want to watch it more. Like, I would. After hearing that, I'd be like, I'm watching this movie. Like, If you just listened to what I said and you wanted to watch this movie or do anything other than stop listening to this podcast, I want you to call the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I want you to follow us on Twitter. I don't know the number, but you can Google it. And I want you to tell them that you may be a threat to the public. Let's talk. We have a Discord channel. Also, please subscribe to our... Before you do that, subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah. Um, Justine... Or so Alexia actually covers for her sister after this and says their dog ate it, which I don't know any school that allows you to bring their your dog to, but that's cool uh, because their dog is in the room and it's they, a vet school. Of course, right. you can bring your pets. You need something to practice on. So um, outside of the hospital, Dad's having a cigarette, and I, th- I think this is Jonathan's favorite moment. And he's sharing a cigarette with his daughter, and he and. He's like, well, you know, we're we're gonna have to put the dog down, <laughs> and she's like, why? Can't they just give him a a pill or something? And he's like, yeah, that's not how it works. No, he's he's tasted human flesh. You can't trust an animal that's tasted yeah. human flesh. Might have liked it. And then he says, don't ever have two daughters. <laughs> no, he says, yeah, don't have two daughters. It's too hard. It's too hard. That yeah. was it. Yeah. It's too hard. <laughs> yeah. And just the the flatness with which he says this yeah. while he's smoking that cigarette is just. That's too hard. And then he he might have been like saying, and like, walks away. He might have yeah. been like, "Don't take up motorcycle riding; it's not safe." <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was this sort of just basic general knowledge. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan, how many daughters do you have? I have four daughters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Levi. <laughs> anyway, uh, and they're all they're beautiful, and I love them. And actually, no, it's not it's not true what they say about daughters. Daughters so, are, yeah. I, man, there's I, just there's a lot I've of feelings. Said it before, if I they're great, if I ever had a daughter, it would be the end of me. Like I would give up anything, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure every father feels that way about their daughters. Um, so this is the point where we figure out that Alexia kind of knows what Justine's going through. We, we've seen, 
Um, the cream that Justine was given for her rash was also in Alexia's medicine cabinet. So from that, you can kind of assume what's going on, but it's about to get even more. I got to call back twisted. to Candyman with that rash. Yeah. There's no way in hell you go to a campus nurse mm-hmm. with that level of rash and aren't sent immediately to the hospital. Right. Right. <laughs> and then it starts peeling off like the fish people in Dagon. Yeah. And she's like going at it with a pair of scissors. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, you're going to the hospital, son. Well, I think she's, she's, and she's also like, it's like this reaction. She can't help but like scratch. It's so weird. Oh, God, it's gross. But anyway, um, that's Sorry, I interrupted you. I, I had to no. call back to Candyman because we, I had that. Yeah, no, I get that. No, I get that. <laughs> it's the same thing. Go to the hospital. Don't go back to school. But again, it's like, and here's another point. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm bringing up my classical objections to the my misspent youth studying writing. But when you're going to tell a story that asks the, the viewer, the reader, to believe something unbelievable, mm. everything else has to be completely believable. Yeah. Like the, the realism, the, the realism, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Demand, responsibility, onus, whatever. But the, the responsibility you have for realism as somebody who's, who's telling strange fiction is even greater than the realist writer. Because you're eventually gonna ask the reader to give you the viewer to give you something. Well, Believe this can happen. Like, give me this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Give me this thing, and I'm gonna tell you a story. But in this, again, the rash is overboard. Mm-hmm. There's so many moments that are just the hair pulling out of the mouth mm-hmm. is overboard. She would have no hair on her head it's, if she ate that much hair. I know, off. I know, it's so true. It's like six feet of hair, and like, I'm balding, and I'm jealous. If anybody could regrow hair like that, it should be me. Poor bastard. I'm glad you said that about strange fiction, though, because I I think strange what one of the best things strange fiction does is is make you like question certain things that you didn't think you would ever question. And for me, that's like gore. I didn't think it could ever be used to serve a story. I thought it was just a cheap thing. Just just window so, splatter. Right. It's not in this film. To me, it's not. Well, that's a fair point. Or at least that's that's a fair point about what she wants it to do. Right. Well, I think, yeah, it's just an over-exaggeration of, of a woman going through change. Like, it's just heightening. But it's also a coming-of-age story, which makes it something else entirely, too. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm listening. Um, let's see. So this is where we find out that Alexia knows where just what's going on with Justine. And... They go sit in a ditch, and this is where you put two and two together and figure out that the car crashing at the beginning of the film was her sister. And her sister jumps out in front of cars and essentially make, you know, in the in the accident, the people either die or they're extremely damaged, and she feeds off their flesh. Well, she's only got so many fingers. Right. She only has nine fingers now, so what are you going to do? <laughs> she can't be uh, nibbling on those anymore. And like she like like sucks this dude's brains out when they make a, an accident yeah. happen. Like it's 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 disgusting. Um, Justine starts to become really attracted to her roommate, Adrian, which seems inappropriate because he's gay. He has, he has declared his yeah yeah his sexuality. Uh, it's not he's gay, it's not fucking her. gay, like he says. Um, and she's like staring at him while while he's like playing soccer. And it's this like hypersexualized thing, masculine thing, and she you can't tell if she wants to eat him or fuck him. And that's really cool. I think that's a really interesting dynamic. 
about sexuality. Is it? I think so. Yeah. Is it, I mean, there's that thing, you know, cuteness aggression. Isn't well, that isn't that the phrase? It's like where you want to pinch a baby. Well, she's like a predator in this situation. Oh yeah, of course. And she's like, and that, and I, I'm not saying that's what sex is, but like for Tell us more, Levi. Well, I think <laughs> I think I think she's turning into this monstrous character because she's going through changes, and sometimes in media, women's sexuality is seen as terrible or terrifying. You know, we've seen it all. It's a trope in horror. And so I just don't see the connection. And I don't think it's interesting if it's yeah. there. But you know how I feel about symbolism for the sake of it or Yeah. I know. I know force for the sake of him versus serving the story. Her nose starts to bleed. She becomes like hypersexual and puts on lipstick and makes out with herself in front of a mirror, which is weird. Again, Again she's weird. <laughs> just making me regret I'm a sexual being. And just then don't want to that is feel, a feel that way. Awkward again. as fuck scene. Um, I will say that. Um, and it's supposed to be. Uh, the sister rivalry gets heated up over Adrian, um, which is it's strange. Um she gets like the night sweats at some point, and I still don't understand the under the sheets scene. Like, if someone, I don't either, if someone, if you are trapped under your sheets and someone is beating you with like, I guess, a coin sock, a sock filled with coins, so that didn't actually happen. I don't know. We don't think we don't. We, there were no bruises or anything ever shown after that. So, so she just is she is this supposed to be some, going through like some she, withdrawal? Or is she supposed to be fighting her own nature? Yeah, exactly. I think. Oh, I think. Come on, for oh, fuck's sake! Oh god damn it! Um, she she <laughs> she makes out with some rando and she bites his lip lip off as part of it. Um, that was a little which funny, was, which was cool. Um, and then this is she 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 like gets out of the shower after that, and in that shower. A, and I figured out what was happening. She wasn't losing her teeth. That was a chunk of that guy's lip that came out of her between her teeth, fell into the shower drain. She picked up and put back in and ate it. So that makes more sense that it wasn't a tooth. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, which is oh, um, she hooks up with a roommate, Adrian, at this point, and it's violent and it's inappropriate. Because again, he's gay, but I think he's doing it because he's like her friend. He seems and he's fine with it, right? He's he's like taking her virginity I, I mean, for her in the moment. Like, yeah, it it just seems like he's doing it as like a friend thing almost. It's weird, but it gets violent. These people um, have very different kinds of friends than I do. It's very uncomfortable, like you know, and, and she bites herself to orgasm because he won't let he won't let her bite him. She wants to bite and taste blood in order to orgasm. And so she bites herself in orgasms. And Cheryl walked into the room when I was <laughs> what I was saying, <laughs> when I was telling you, yeah, I just wrote that down. She bite, bites herself to orgasm. Um, Justine gets jealous because Adrian, Adrian has, has Alexia has Alexia's number. Um, which is, you know, kind of insinuates that they text or sext or it's just a jealousy sister rivalry thing. Like, why the fuck do you have yeah. my sister's number? Yeah, they have a fascinating relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so she becomes self-destructive and gets really drunk. Of course, she drinks like fucking 32 ounces of vodka and one fucking cut. Of course, it's water probably, but as I drink my water, um, and she gets really like self-destructive drunk. And this is when her sister does a fucked up thing and like takes her to the morgue. And why the fuck does a vet school have a morgue in it? 
Or are they like in some abandoned, like, I didn't get that. There's well, you a would, morgue in this. You place. would assume that they would have a morgue for animals to but there's, dissect, well, but the, you wouldn't figure there'd be a person. That doesn't make any yeah, sense. It didn't make any sense. Um, and films her like, films her fucked up sister who's really drunk and doesn't realize what she's doing, trying to bite the hand of this corpse. She films it, and there's a lot of people in the room watching it happen. And Justine doesn't remember it. She walks into class, and everyone looks at her weird. And so Adrian shows shows her the video. At that point, Justine attacks Alexia, and they calm down when they bite each other. There's a point where they're fighting, and they bite each other, and they like look into each other's eyes, and they start to like calm down, almost like they're getting milk from a teat. It's the whole um, thing just seems to be a, strange. a sort of pretentious celebration of just animal nature i i think you might be right i think it, i think it's it's a celebration of becoming your own person as you go through change oh no i was i was thinking of it as like a, a pretentious celebration of abandoning your personhood in favor of your animal instincts that could be it it's french uh but i didn't see it that way you know i didn't i didn't but, uh, but you thought it was like abandoning what like we'll get there Okay. Oh, yeah, oh, you're still, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're um, in process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're subdued by the upperclassmen, but they're ostracized, <laughs> ostracized. And Justine sleeps in Adrian's room, but doesn't lock the door. While Alexia, her sister, sleeps in her room next door. And there's like this weird eye contact thing right before she goes to to sleep next to Adrian. Justine wakes up next to Adrian. There's blood everywhere, and he's dead dead and she flips the covers back over and half of his leg has been eaten off like it and it's the back portion of it and he has something stabbed in his back um essentially causing the death like he bled out you know of course through all that um it's rare to find somebody who will be still while you eat most of their thigh right there's a point where justine thinks she did it but then she finds her sister with blood like, all over her I'm face. So hungry still. Yeah. This is the point where you think Justine's going to kill her sister. But she doesn't. She does this sisterly thing that's like, yeah, you fucked up. You're still my sister. Um, You're going to go to jail, but... but Yeah, don't get, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm going to send you to prison, but first, let's get you in the shower so I She's can like watch... In, Justine's like in shock, and why? I don't know. No, no, that, this is, that, that's actually one of the least is. sensible things in the movie to me. It's like, yeah. why would she be in shock? She's done this forever. Right, she jumps out in front of cars to kill people. I don't think she directly kills people she knows, though. And she did over jealousy or... Like, I don't know. And But she's sitting in the kitchen, like, in shock, and her, and her sister cleans her up and then the next scene is the vi her and her parents visiting her in jail well it seems like some time has passed and um this is where the parents take her home again we don't see a lot of the mother she's <laughs> just like aloof put some vegetables down in front of her and leaves the room and like eat yeah and she's like very strict about have that. some zucchini well we know why now and the dad has been wearing a scarf the whole fucking movie and i thought maybe it was just because he was fucking french um, but it's because her she's been nibbling she's been nibbling so on justine and alexia's mom has the same like disorder or craving 
and the father has been living with it for decades and basically sacrifices his own skin to her. And so he opens his shirt and he's just covered in scars from bites from his mom and he smoked his cigarette and he looks at his daughter and he says, I'm sure you'll figure out a solution, honey. And then that's the end. We're reading this all wrong. What do you mean? What if this movie is actually like a brilliant criticism of like eighth wave feminism and it's being like, it's the being like, look at how they bleed this poor patriarch. No, I don't think Long suffering he is and patient. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Nice try. Um, Nice try. Um, But yeah, that ending's really effective. Really cool. I'm glad you liked the ending. Well, the ending made it possible possible for me to like the movie. It's well, yeah. It kind of it kind of lazily explains why the girls go through. It's like a genetic thing. At least it, the ending made it possible for me to enjoy the movie on some level. Yeah, I still think. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think it really works because it, for all the reasons that I said before. But as as like a horror fan who has you know so frequently defended disgusting Lorette, <laughs> yeah, you have fucking have. Go check out our back catalog for more information. Feel, I always feel really weird when I jump on a movie like this, but you've been doing it a lot lately. It's the third one in no, a row. No, but, but again, you've but, like jumped but, on. But me this for. is because you you seek out the highbrow stuff, and there's a lot of stuff being made right now that wants to be highbrow. Yeah, elevated horror is a word that makes people roll their eyes. But, but it, I but, love it. But there's so much of it out there now, yeah. and these are people who are honestly trying. Yeah. To do something. Yeah. Like uh, usually, at least, trying to do something different, higher, right? To, right. Extend the genre. Let's see, see where yeah. we can take it. And so I, I, I love that. I want them to keep doing it. It's just that again, in this, it's not, it's not extending in any way that I can appreciate because it's just reveling in grossness, which I can get from much cheaper fare with much more humor, which makes the gross stuff go down easier. And yeah, and, and but again, again, it fails to make any sort of larger moral or even spiritual point, which good horror movies do. And is this a morality play? Well, let's let's then talk a little more. Who's the moral agent? Yeah. Well, I, I think... Is it the finger a, eater? Well, I think there's some interesting shit going on here. I think, you know, the peer pressure and the environment she's in, which is not a safe environment for anyone to be fucking weird because it's such a hostile environment. Um, you know... Yeah, by the way, this... The this competition in Ameri- the film... You hear about hazing in American yeah, universities. Yeah. That What's happening in this French vet school is... Yeah, it's different. It's another level. Let me let me. So the score was done by Jim Williams. You like this? You like the score? The score's fantastic. Um, it's the best part about the movie. The mu- the music is awesome. You should you should check it out on Spotify. It is on Spotify. It's amazing. Um, it was shot in Belgium. This is what you're not gonna like. I love Belgium. No, 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 no. no. Have you seen in Bruges? Belgium's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a coming of age tale that mirrors vampires and werewolves, but it's done. In a, a way different lens. Mirrors, vampires, and werewolves. The coming of age tale that uses, like, I was a teenage werewolf. Sure, that uses one of those monstrous transformations to metaphorically describe the, the horrors of puberty. Yeah. Like um, like women becoming a monster and sexual being yeah, no, independent. I, I get it. Yeah, I, yeah. I got it. I just... Hunger for violence and hunger for sex is not necessarily... It's a human thing. But it's not necessarily a positive thing, um, and it, but it's appetite. It's a she has a she has an appetite. Sure, um, she goes after her appetite. Do you not like? For me, it's like I guess we shouldn't celebrate it because she's a fucking monster. But again, she'll find a solution, honey. You know, I don't. I don't know. 
Um, I guess I don't, I don't understand the rest of the gross stuff then. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't understand then why we have the scene where her sister is shoulder deep in a cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's vet shit. Yeah. I guess yeah, but that why was is it a vet, vet school? Shit. Why is it, why is like, I, I, we're t- yeah, I understand that. Like, well, I think it sets up how uncomfortable the whole situation is. I, I might be reaching there, but I think the, the environment of the school plays a crucial role in the film, especially with her feeling ostracized and uncomfortable. Um, she's like ravenous a lot in this film and women aren't really like supposed to crave or have this type of appetite. Why not a med school? A long time ago. Why not have her? She wants to eat people. Why not have her in a med school? Because I think they play on the vegetarian aspect and like, why are people vegetarians? Well, most of the time it's because they care for animals. Um, true. I mean, yeah, that's typically the ethical concern. Um, the mom, Mom, the mom suppresses a lot of shit. Justine's mom, um, and she keeps like a lot of shit from her. Um, again, her whole fucking history and who she might be. We don't get to see her mom a lot. Um, but we get the sense that like moms suppress things to seem like the type of mom that society wants them to. And no one thinks to ask what, what does mom want kind of thing. I kind of felt that with the mom character, even though it's so un- yeah. n- not really handled. Um, but um, it's the director does this in, in Titan. It's like her take on female pleasure is unique. And I guess that's what she's throwing out there. It's like violent. Okay, And I don't know what to take from that. And of course, we probably don't understand it as men, but I don't know what the, what to take from that. But I like it. Like, I don't know how to, to, to say it. I love this movie. And I love Titan. I think they're, they're both really good fucking French horror films. But again, they're new French extremity. Um, but this director is awesome, dude. I can't, you know, you're right about the technical shit. I think I think even the script is so like it's so difficult to hit all the the beats this well from the start of the film that has no context and a car crashing and everything inevitably leads to another crashing where we finally get the context like there's no sense of relaxing or calm in this like it keeps going no there and are going and, and, and going and, and there going. Are, and I feel like I'm I have the same criticism against this maybe that I had of Nope although I, I liked more Nope more than I did this. Um, mm-hmm. Is that the the there are pieces I can admire mm-hmm. in many ways, yeah, but I just those themes don't come together for me. Well, I think it's why the parents seem uptight. That comes together. That's why the parents are so uptight in well, the sure, fucking yeah. movie. That comes together. Um I don't but, mean that the plot doesn't necessarily come together. Yeah. I just mean okay. thematically Okay. Um because you know, you're talking about a come of age story, coming of age story, you're talking about like female sexual ferocity. Um, you're talking about there's the grossness of rolling around and the, the muck of, you know, mm-hmm. animal nature. Right. Yeah. Um, and this, in, insofar as this being like a vampire or werewolf level metaphor on I come anyway, all it's that that doesn't come together. It's all those, those, those separate thematic parts that don't, don't make sense to me. And they make me question why individual scenes are there. Interesting. Okay. I Okay. Yeah, I mean, I get that. There are some scenes that that don't really fit that narrative. Um, 
But you know me, like I hate even admitting that movies or good books have a thematic level. <laughs> yeah, I know you I do. Wanna... You're such a you're <laughs> fucking snob. You're but, a contrarian, dude. But, like, and that's but, fine. That's but if, fine. But if you're gonna go for it, yeah. You got to like don't point out to the field the way that the baseball players do and then miss the goddamn ball. See, I think she, she nailed it. That's fair. I know. I get that. I get that. Um but yeah, overall, I I really like this film. I suggest watching it if you're in if you're if subtitles don't don't hurt you. If they do, well, you just listen to our episode about it, so you probably know what the film's all about now anyway. Um but there, there, there's two, there's two things I want to talk about that don't really have to do with this film. No. Um, well, this has something to do with this film. I, I read this today on Twitter, <laughs> and, and it's about not, not necessarily vegetarians, but like vegans or, yeah. or organic eaters. It says back of an organic snack label, <laughs> "We love what we do. We are a family." I knew when my kids started shitting blood in 2008, we needed to create the best organic GMO. <laughs> The best organic GMO-free pretzel wedges you've ever tasted. So that's what we did for you. Eat with a smile. <laughs> the best GMO-free, gluten-free pretzel wedges. Yeah. I thought that cracked me up. Um, but I read an article recently that came out in 2021 after we started the podcast. Um, that was titled, um, Fear in Your Ear, The Unstoppable Rise of the Horror Podcast. And they... They it's it's a Guardian article and they interview the creator of the Battersea Poltergeist, um, which is like a I think it's a British show type podcast, okay. episodic podcast. Um, but he said, but it says the Battersea Poltergeist is just one of many surging up the charts. It charts its creator and others explain why the pandemic has led people to seek out scary stories, in particularly in the podcast form. So. Uh, yeah, this is a really interesting article. I'll just go through some of the, the bullet points here. Um, the creator says, or sorry, this is an, another podcast. I, I haven't heard of this. I got to get to it. He says, quote, um, I've always found ghost stories to be a much scarier in audio. The creator of the Lovecraft Investigations, Radio 4's episodic horror, um, says, now, three series in, it's a podcast about a podcast starring a Mulder and Scully-style duo reporting on events loosely related to the mythos and influential U.S. horror writer. H.P. Lovecraft, go ahead and get that bell ready, baby. Bang, bang. The sound provokes your imagination, he continues, and we're scared of, of as individuals, is always going to be more frightening than what a special effects department can come up with. I think that's why I listen to horror audiobooks at night. Um because it, it does that. The seeds of this revival were planted decades ago in the so-called golden age of radio, looming like a Martian tripod over all that followed is Orson Welles' Mercury Theater reading of, you know, um, For the Worlds. For yeah. the Worlds. Um, and it says, sorry. Buh, buh, buh. And yet, while the aforementioned were more popular than television in their time, where they differ from this new wave is their lack of community communality like a community i guess we don't we don't gather around the radio to listen to these stories but consume them alone on our phones with terrifying consequences the listening to audio is more of an individual pursuit than it was in the golden age of radio says simpson the experience is much more private and more direct and can therefore be more affecting i'd be lying if i didn't say i still lie awake at night thinking how the hell did all of these things happen much like the horio 
Much like the horror audio dramas of yore were born out of necessity, radio being the dominant medium, Simpson and Robbins think the circumstances of the present unprecedented times are leading to the popularity of this new wave. One thing. Here's the quote that I really like. It's a great time for horror. Ding, ding, it is. Ding, ding. And I have no doubt that ties to the uncertain times we live in. The boom in scary stories is not so much scratching an itch or delivering a desire, but more acting as a mirror and reflecting back the chaos and fear we feel. And I guess that was more about podcasts like episode episodic, but they mentioned a lot of podcasts on that, that article that are, are just horror reviews. People yeah. are more interested in horror these days. We know that. That's why we started. Well, they got to, they got to get to our Patreon. I That's don't right. understand what's happening. We got a Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash well adjusted. You'll get some bonus content. You'll be able to vote on which films we cover, n- what films we cover next. You'll be in a drawing to receive some sick artwork from uh, me. And um, hell, we might even have you on the show if you're not from like um, the Philippines, which didn't we have like a listener in Russia one time? Or that was probably a sex bot. But it shows on our little podcast thing. A sex bot. Those use the internet? (laughs) Well, yeah. Have you you been on Twitter, bro? Like, that's what these Twitter bots are. Um, And look, the... All the other stuff on the Patreon is just, it's, it's all fine and well, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the real, listen, ladies and gentlemen, the real reason you want to sign up for the Patreon is that when you vote on the polls, together, me and you, we can make this an all-80s horror podcast. We can overcome Jonathan's We can override. <laughs> you and I. And we can have only horror movies that matter on well, this You podcast. remember the old donation drives were always like, you can save 50 children. Right now. I also want a little bit of housekeeping. I want to shout out to some podcasts. I don't care if they want us to or not. Um, I just joined Bloody Good Horror's um, Slack channel, and I got to say, as a horror nerd, it's awesome. If you haven't checked out Bloody Good Horror, they're literally uh, one of my inspirations for starting this. They're ama- they're, they claim to be amateur, but I don't think they're amateur. Um, they have like 700 episodes. They have a whole group of podcasts you can listen to. Um, Take on women in horror with a pl- plug it up podcast. You can also check out. Oh, is that a Carrie reference? Yeah, they also. <laughs> yeah, um, there's also a um, a podcast called How Do We Horror. Those are all great, and they're under the BGH Productions podcasts. We also want to mention another one under them. It's called Dads from the Crypt. They they are showing some interest in having us on their show. We, we're looking forward to having them on our show. Check out Dads from the Crypt on Spotify and other pod catchers. Also, listen to their Screams podcast is another one we follow on Twitter. Um, they're pretty cool as well. But yeah, that's some of the housekeeping I wanted to do. If you're into horror podcasts and we're not giving you enough content, I just named a couple where you can get even more. Well, we'll make content every day. We're going to make content. I mean, I'm just saying, if people want to... Twitter, we want to Twitter, throw Twitter. money at us. We will make some content. Well-